This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Welcome to the Saving Grace podcast. My name is Simon Eastwick, your host. Before we dive into a conversation with Dr. Fred Shea, I just want to let you know that you can find all the Grace Theology Press books mentioned in this episode at gracetheology.org. That's gracetheology.org. Dr. Shea is a professor of pastoral theology here at Grace School of Theology. Fred holds a DMIN and a THM from Dallas Theological Seminary. He has a master's in psychology from California Western University and a bachelor's in psychology from the College of Notre Dame. Fred, welcome. It is very good to be here today, Simon. Well, thanks for joining us. And before we jump into sort of the topic that I want to talk about, I just wanted to uh, kind of give a little bit of a summary and ask you to kind of summarize a little bit too on sort of what we covered in the first episode uh, that uh, we, uh, as we talked last week. Um, to me, it was a fascinating conversation around uh, grace theology. And then we really got into talking about uh, sort of where someone lays their foundation. Is it uh, in Jesus Christ? And if so, then do they build upon that? And if so, how do they build upon it? What's their motivation? What's their method? Um, I found that to be just a, it was a great discussion. And, and if anybody's sort of picking up on this podcast uh, as the first time they've heard uh, Dr. Fred Shea, I'd encourage you to go back uh, one to just hear the beginning of, of this and then join us again for this one. Um, it will it'll really help lay the groundwork. Um, and on that note, I just want to let everybody know that listens to this podcast, in case you're tuning in for the first time to it, that we uh, have been doing this for a few months, and we have a number of podcasts on a number of subjects uh, that uh, we'd just love to have you go back and encourage you to, uh, to listen to. Um, it is uh, it's such a blessing for me uh, uh, to be able to go back and listen to all these podcasts and all these great speakers that we have on and professors like uh, Dr. Fred Shea. So, uh, Fred, did I capture that uh, pretty good uh, for what we covered last time or anything else you'd like to add? Well, you know, last time what we talked about was the essentials of the Christian faith. In other words, you're saved by grace through faith alone. And then once you're born again, it's time to grow and mature. And we call that sanctification. And so we talked about those are two different messages and the scriptures keep them very distinct and clear. But yet we discovered that throughout church history, uh, the church has tended to blend those two messages together. Right. And as a result, it's caused people to be a little bit confused about, well, what must I do to be saved? Well, the Philippian jailer, he asked that same question, and Paul gave him a very clear answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. And that was it. It didn't include baptism. It didn't include church membership. It didn't include changing his job from being a jail keeper to being something better. It was simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. And as Jesus told us that, you know, once you believe, you have passed from death to life and never come into judgment. And now it's time to grow and mature. And that's that discipleship package that we talked about as well. So we need to make sure we keep those two messages distinct. And when we don't, we cause people to become a little bit cloudy in their theological understanding. And that's a danger. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for adding those thoughts. You know, I think the emphasis that we have here at Grace School of Theology around grace and it being completely free is something that we don't see everywhere else. Um, 
we, we see a hunger for it around the world. We see students that are excited to hear about it, who desperately need to hear about it. And the other part, or another arm of, of the school here, is this theology press, Grace Theology Press, that, uh, that you run, Fred. And uh, I wondered if you could give us a sense on how this fits into the larger landscape of uh, Christian publishing. Is it unique? Well, as you know, there are a number of major publishers like a Zondervan and an Erdman's and a number of others. But over the last 10 or 15 years, what has come into play is boutique publishing or self-publishing. And, uh, you know, self-publishing has gone in a variety of directions. But what we're doing is we're trying to operate as part of, as you mentioned, an arm of Grace School Theology, which helps to promote our message it helps to promote our uh, theological professors in writing. It helps to provide resources not only for our student body, but for the evangelical world, and especially for those who actually hold to some of the theological convictions that we have. So we, we're a small uh, slice of the pie, but I take it we're a very distinct slice of the pie, because we have a fairly narrow viewpoint of what it is we're trying to go after theologically and topically. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly what I've experienced as I started to uh, sort of page through a number of these uh, books, these resources. Some are theological texts that, uh, you know, somebody's getting their theology degree would want to uh, read through and take in and study. Others are very different. And I wondered, sort of, there may be more um, Sunday, Sundays, Sunday worship uh, or small group oriented, if you will, that they could pick these books up, read through them, and then study the Word of God that way. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about some of these authors, Fred, that, uh, sure. that are part of this, and what kind of genres of books uh, are available, and uh, sort of who you think they're suitable for. Well, right now we have basically three levels or three um, aspects that we try to emphasize. One is the scholarly world. And so we have books like Final Destiny by Dr. Jody Dillow or Free Grace Soteriology by Dr. Dave Anderson. These are fairly high-level scholarly works that are really meant for classroom. They're meant as reference books. Every theological library should have a copy of these books. And frankly, every student who goes to seminary should have a copy of these books. These are high-level uh, theology books. They're not going to help you go to sleep at night. They're not going to make you feel warm and fuzzy, so to speak. They are, they're meant to be academic, educational works that will help you become grounded in the doctrines of the theology of grace and faith alone in Christ. So that's one area. The second area uh, are those books that are more expositional. They're more sermonic. And so there's a book called uh, Triumph Through Trials by Dr. Dave Anderson, or Bewitched, The Rise of Neo-Galatianism, or Maximum Joy, which is a book on 1 John. These are books that have been written by Dr. Anderson, who had been a pastor for a number of years, as well as a top-flight scholar who's the president of Grace School of Theology, uh, has written a very high level of exposition on different books of the Bible. Now, this is very helpful for pastors, but it's also very helpful for laymen who want to learn about a book of the Bible. Dr. Anderson has a very unique ability to, to put together not only some stories from the pastoral ministry and his own experience, but also the deep theology and exegesis that comes from his years of training 
uh, in seminary, both here and abroad. So he brings to the to uh, the table some very unique skills that weave together both the exegetical and the expositional nature of a New Testament book that results in having some fine literature for people. The third area is what I guess I would call kind of a specialty shop. Uh, there's a book we put together recently called God's Grace for Daughters of Eve. Now, this is a book by Sandy Abbott, who is a former student of mine from uh, Arizona, and she's put together this book. There are little devotions about women in the Bible, and he, she highlights the aspect of grace in their life. So now this is this is not a book for the classroom. This is this is not a bunch of sermons, but there's some devotionals that you could either read to yourself, you could take them and read them in a small group. They'd be kind of a discussion starter type of thing. Very helpful little book. There are others that are like this, um, improving the quality of your eternal life. Tom Lancaster, who is actually an architect, uh, wrote this book, and in it he he weaves together both exposition and theology in a very down-to-earth way to help us understand how we can actually grow in our Christian life. And then finally, we have a very new book, just came out a couple of months ago, uh, Joy in the Journey. The Joy in the Journey is by Diane, is uh, written by Diane Sustick, and it's frankly a very moving story. When I read the manuscript, I cried three or four times, so that's how I knew it was going to be a good book. If, mm. if a book can make me cry three times, it's probably going to hit somebody else more than that. Mm. So it's a story of Diane going through the difficult uh, death of her husband and his faith walk and her faith walk and her family life and how she went through it and and how Jesus was there with her, that doesn't mean she didn't hurt, that doesn't mean she didn't cry, and that doesn't mean she wasn't mad. I think she was all of those things. And yet through it all, the Spirit of God gave her the strength to get through it, and now through this book to minister to other people. So we have three different levels of books, and I've just kind of mentioned a few samples of each. And these are meant to try to help people at all levels be encouraged. We're also translating some of our books into Spanish because not only does Grace School of Theology have a large Spanish section in terms of studying the Bible and degree programs, both here in America as well as in Cuba and Spain and Mexico, we want to provide resources for the classroom, but also for pastors that are out there and maybe for elders and leaders of churches that are in the um, these countries. So we're uh, trying to get some of our books translated into Spanish. So we, we try to have a full slate, a variety of kinds. Um, let me just point out a few other books that I think are very important. Uh, one that came out about, um, I guess it was a year ago, is called Grace, Salvation, and Discipleship. This is by Dr. Charlie Bing. Now, this is a book that should be on the shelf of every pastor. It's like a ready reference book that every doctor has of pharmaceutical stuff. They have kind of a ready reference book. This is a book that goes through all of the New Testament passages and helps you look at that passage and says, if you hold to a certain theological position, let's call it Reformed theology, then you are going to interpret this passage this way. If you hold to a theological position called free grace theology, then this is how you interpret that passage. So it's either type A or type B. And so he very systematically, in a very clear fashion, not too deep to get you lost, but not too shallow to not say enough, but it's just right, he says exactly what the passage says and how different groups interpret it. So if you're studying through the Bible and you say, hey, here's a problem passage, I wonder how other people take that. You can open that up, see exactly how it's taken. It's a very, very helpful tool. Uh, 
Uh, I've had I've given it to a number of people, and they just say this is a very important book. I've given it to two of our Hispanic uh, teaching uh, uh, theology profs. They have both said this book this book needs to be translated into Spanish. It is essential. One of our other professors is Dr. Joe Wall, who's been in ministry for probably 55 years. He still travels to Russia. He's still involved in discipleship and small groups. He has mentored a number of people who've gone on to have very significant ministries. But many, many years ago, Joe Joe wrote a book called Going for the Gold. And uh, Joe has redone that, put in some study questions, updated it. And so now this is a perfect book for small groups. This is a perfect book for Sunday schools to read and to dialogue about. And it's all about going for the gold. It's all about the theology of the Bema Seat. So uh, this is kind of a specialty item. And uh, we have a number of other books to do the same thing. But we've got a nice selection. And we're growing. I mean, we're not, we're not the biggest game in town, but we're continually growing and trying to add resources that will be helpful to people in terms of theology and ministry. In fact, the two newest ones that are actually going to be uh, out uh, next week, one is called Church in the World, and this is by Phil Congdon. Phil is a pastor and a teacher. Uh, Phil has been uh, teaching in Australia. He's taught up in schools in Oregon. He's now here in um, Texas. But this is a basic commentary on the book of 1 Corinthians. It's very in-depth, good theological uh, gathering together of the text, and a very helpful exposition. So this is a book for uh, a layman who wants to understand the book of 1 Corinthians. This is a good book for a pastor who's got to preach through the book of 1 Corinthians. And then finally, our most recent one is by Jeremy Vance, who is a pastor up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I give him grief every time I call him because of Green Bay, and <laughs> I happen to be a Dallas fan. So oh, absolutely. So whatever, that's going to work out too. <laughs> but uh, he, he's just finished this book, and it's been field tested for a year in different groups to see how effective it can be. It's called John, Jesus, and Me. It's a short little book built off of the Gospel of John for evangelism. You can read this and use this one-on-one or in a small group to help expose a person to the gospel. Short chapters, biblically based, sermonically appealing. They're not going to kill anybody. They're not so heavy that you're going to be weighed down. You can have a non-believer read this with you and talk with them, great points of entry into their life, or have a non-Christian take it home and read it on their own. So it's a very helpful evangelistic tool. Uh, Dr. Larry Moyer of Evantel has endorsed this book. And uh, Dr. Moyer has felt that this is a very helpful tool as well. So we, we're very happy to be able to publish resources like this that are helping the church, both in America, but also around the world. And that book was called John, Jesus, and Me by Jeremy Vance? Correct. Okay. Now, tell us a little bit, Fred, about the different ways that you can consume these books. Are there, uh, obviously, there are print versions. Uh, are there also e- e-book versions? Yes. Every book... Uh, we've done has an ebook um, part of it. It's it's I, I I don't do ebooks very much, so it's not that's not how I do it. I like I like to hold a book and kind of you know feel it a little bit and look through it a little more and bend pages. Yes, I I bend the, the pages, and some people don't like that, but I do it because I want to know where I am and want to know what I think is important. But for those who need a Kindle or a, a Nook or whatever, we have a platform for that. They are cheaper than the print. And they're they're very useful, and and that's a good way of going. But uh, so you need to go with the print. You go with the Kindle. Also, uh, there's a section of Logos 
where the Logos software company, they have a right to look at every book we publish and they look at it to make a determination if they want to convert it into their digital system. So some are and some are, and it's not automatic. Not every book that we do will automatically find its way into the Logos system, only the ones that they feel fit best for what they're attempting to do. So some do and some don't. We also have ways of, in terms of selling our books, we try to put them in all the major catalogs that go to the academic world so that the academic libraries, when they're ordering, ordering books, they either have an open order with every publisher or they order it all through the catalogs. And so all of our books are also in these um, uh, catalogs so that the, the libraries, seminaries, Bible colleges have access to them. That's, uh, that's good to know. So let's just step back for a second and talk about sort of some of the foundational elements of why there is a Grace Theology Press. Um, if I'm just kind of uh, sort of picking up, and this being the first podcast I've listened to, and I'm, I'm just starting to understand that these great resources available for me, could you just step back and remind our audience here um, why Grace Theology Press exists and why these books are so important? Well, we exist... Uh, for a couple of reasons. One is to help promote Grace School of Theology. So this is a way of helping people become informed about Grace School of Theology, which hopefully they will then go and become students. They'll either be audit students, take it just for non-credit, or they'll be get involved in one of our degree programs, the bachelor's program, the master's, the master's of divinity, the THM degree, or the doctorate of ministry degree. So in one hand, this exposes people to the, the bigger picture, the umbrella group called the Grace School of Theology. But a second reason is that we would be able to put resources out to the community, the evangelical community, from a certain theological perspective, which we call free grace theology. So we only publish things that have that certain bent. They may be you know, oriented towards women or towards men. They may be oriented towards pastors or lay people. They may be oriented toward the scholarly world. But they all have an aspect of emphasis of free grace theology to them. That's great. Let me ask you this, Fred. If there, were, if there was a book, just one book perhaps for somebody to get a taste of uh, Grace Theology Press, and this may be almost an impossible question to answer because they're all so different, but if I'm a lay person, let's put it that way, if I'm a lay person, I'm in the church, and I'd love to just sort of sample a taste of, of a, a Grace Theology Press book, what would, what would you recommend? Simon, you are right. That's an impossible question to answer. <laughs> Let me put it to you this way. Each book will give the reader an exposure to the topic of the book through the lens of a free grace theology perspective. So if you want to read a devotional book that's wrapped around women in the Bible from a grace perspective, then you want to read God's grace for daughters of Eve, because that's exactly what that's going to do. If, if you want to read a textbook about, well, what is free grace soteriology? That's a pretty heavy word. It simply means salvation. Hmm. What is the theology of salvation from a free grace perspective? The best book on the planet for that is called Free Grace Soteriology by Dr. Dave Anderson. Mm -hmm. This will give you the clearest picture from an exegetically based uh, scriptural um, interpretation of free grace 
theology. If, if you want to understand a book of the Bible, let's say you want to understand 1 John, which is very, very important for understanding and keeping the distinction between how to become a Christian and how to experience fellowship as a Christian. If, if you want to understand the difference between relationship and fellowship, then this book, Maximum Joy, this is the book that will explain that from a pastoral perspective in a sermonic form with great depth and with great cleverness in terms of the stories that are brought in, the illustrations that are brought in. So uh, these are all different books with different topics, but all of them focus on giving us a beautiful picture of the grace of God. And let me just give you one more. Uh, there's a book called Portraits of Righteousness by Dr. Dave Anderson. Now, in my years of study and teaching and preaching and whatever, I have spoken a lot and read a lot on Romans, the book of Romans, and the section of chapters 6, 7, and 8, and part of 5, but mainly 6, 7, and 8. This book, Portraits of Righteousness, is the best and clearest articulation of that passage. And that passage, Romans 6, 7, and 8, is the most important passage about how to live the Christian life, where the power of God enters into the Christian so that they can live life victoriously. That's the passage. That's the book. People should read that. It will change their life forever. Fred, these are such great resources. Uh, I have started uh, reading a number of them and uh, still in the process on many of them, but they are incredible resources. And uh, I, I I just think that they're something that you're right. People should pick up one of these books. They they should read it, and then they should take a second a second commitment. That is to share it with somebody else. Um, we are about as a school, uh, as a seminary, we are about sharing uh, the love of Jesus Christ with the world. And if we and we we know to do that, we need to do that one person at a time. So having people read consume these, whether they're reading them electronically or they're bending pages, as you said and uh, reading them in paper form, which, by the way, is so archaic. Just kidding, Fred. But uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, you know, it, everybody consumes information differently. That's what I find. You know, and I think actually it's really good to, to, for people to be able to do that in the, in the way that they, uh, they're able to. Um, one of the things I'd love to touch on, because we're, we're getting to the end of this podcast, yet again, another half an hour has almost gone by, which is amazing. Um, but as, we, as, as you think to the future for um, Grace Theology Press— what sort of what sort of books do you believe are, are going to be brought out in the future? How how might uh, the, the the seminary uh, u- utilize this resource uh, in ways perhaps it hasn't yet? Well, I know we're we are working on a book uh, that's going to be that is being written by a pastor for pastors about morality in the pastorate. This will be a book that will help pastors be held accountable for their moral purity. This has really been a problem in the church. And so we have a a pastor who's been working on this. In fact, um, he was a former student of mine. I have used him to teach this material uh, at two different seminaries to a variety of different uh, pastors, and it's always been received very well. So this will be a book that'll be uniquely given uh, to the giving attention to pastors and their moral purity in the ministry. So that's not a broad-based book, but it's a very important book. Absolutely. We are also, we are also working on a book uh, that is actually being written by four of us, 
and it's being written to help clarify and counteract recent attacks upon free grace soteriology or free grace theology. Mm-hmm. So this is a book that will be very important. In fact, I think it's going to be one of, one of the most important books we've ever put out uh, because it's going to help refute arguments, recent arguments, against free grace uh, theology in a way that's fairly deep. This is, not, this is not a devotional book. This has got footnotes. This has got lots of material. But this will be a book that will be good for seven to ten years to refute the Reformed attacks upon free grace theology in a very kind and, and loving way, but in a very clear way. So I think this is going to be a very important book. So we've got, we've got a variety of things on the, uh, on the burner, and um, part of my challenge is to keep all these things moving forward, and it's a challenge, I'll tell you that. I bet it is, and um, I, I know that as one of the people that benefits from this, I'm always excited to catch up with you and find out well, what's uh, what you're what you're looking at next? Because it's always something very innovative and something that's uh, very applicable for these three kind of key audiences that we uh, that we minister to. Um, so I'm I'm excited to hear what you're what you're doing. Well, listen, Fred, I want to thank you for being on Saving Grace and for sharing with us about Grace Theology Press and uh, also uh, uh, information about uh, just walking with Christ and and drawing closer to the Lord. So uh, thank you for uh, being with us, and uh, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime soon. Simon, I would enjoy that very much. I love talking about what we're doing because I'm so committed to making sure we get this kind of information out to the Church. The Church needs it as never before, and I'm just privileged to have the opportunity to try to help. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Again, I just wanted to remind you that all the books that we talked about during today's episode are available at the Grace Theology Press website. That's gracetheology.org. One of the things that we just so value is your feedback. We love your emails. We uh, love to get questions from you. If you have a question, please feel free to send it to us uh, at savinggrace at gsot.edu. That's savinggrace, one word, at gsot.edu. Uh, we love to incorporate uh, your questions into our podcasts and to go back to the guests that we've had and or new guests and pose those questions to them so that you can interact with us and we can provide those answers. So please keep sending them in. We sure appreciate them. And just on a personal note, I wanted to re- let you know that our dear sister in the Lord, Carmen Pate, is still battling with cancer and uh, she covets your prayers. We love Carmen so much. And uh, we just send her our best wishes and uh, let her know that we're praying for her and we appreciate your praying with us. And don't forget, the love of Christ is something that cannot be earned and cannot be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Great School of Theology or its leadership.